Alright guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Hoops Podcast. It is Thursday, November 15th, 2018. On today's episode of the podcast, we welcome back in a former guest uh, who is now doing a different job, but it is one that I know he is loving, uh, and that is Cody Worsham, who is now the digital media reporter for LSU. Uh, Used to be at Tiger Rag, as we know, we had him on several times on the podcast before to talk LSU basketball, and so we welcome him back to do just that uh, and looking at how the Tigers have played thus far this season. Off to a 3-0 start, got a big win over Memphis the other night, a really entertaining game, as was the game uh, against UNC Greensboro, very high scoring. But we caught up with Cody uh, to talk about just kind of how this LSU team has played through three games thus far, get his opinions uh, on this roster. We've talked about the very talented freshman class and how much of an impact they were going to have, and sure enough, uh, these guys are off to a great start. Uh, so we went through, you know, talking about different aspects of the roster, whether it's Tremont Waters and kind of how he's just been able to rack up assist after assist, which he knew he was going to now that he has, you know, some of these guys around him and all these different versatile playmakers that are on this roster. Uh, we talked about Nas Reed and kind of what he's been able to do to start things off. He's just been very impressive uh, in his ability to do just about anything he wants on a basketball court. Uh, and looking at the entire freshman class, and we went into some things. You know, what are the intangibles when you look at this LSU team moving forward? Because we all know there are very high expectations for this team. They're ranked in the top 25. Uh, But Cody gave his thoughts just on what are the things that maybe is going to give them an edge once we get into those really tough games, you know, in in the February, into early March. Uh, What are some intangibles that we can really look for with a team like this. So, uh, great discussion as always. Uh, Cody covers a lot of different sports now, but as he says, you know, and as we know, uh, he's a basketball first guy. He knows the game. Uh, so, it was great to catch up with him. So, without any further ado, here is the conversation with LSU digital media reporter Cody Worsham. All right, guys, welcome back in to the Southeast Hoops podcast. We're excited to welcome back in uh, a repeat guest, someone we haven't had on the podcast in a while, but uh, we always enjoy the discussion. And now he's at a a new place. Uh, used to be uh, there at Tiger Rag, running things there, and now he's running all over the place uh, as the digital media reporter there for LSU. Now uh, getting to do a lot, cover a lot of different things, and we were laughing about that, uh, Cody Worship, before we came on here. Uh, I know you've been very busy, but uh, I know it's an exciting time for you guys there. Yeah, good to be back with you, Blake. It, it's it's a blast over at LSU. Uh, I am covering a few more sports than I used to. It used to just be uh, football and, and basketball, and now I'm doing a little bit of everything. A little soccer as the, uh, the Tigers are making a nice little NCAA tournament run, and then volleyball, track and field. I mean, they got me running all over the place, but it's it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, but, of course, you know Hoops is, is where my heart is, so always happy to come on and talk about basketball. That's right. I know you're a basketball guy, and I know you've kind of enjoyed being able to see kind of what happened last year, that first year in Will Wade's tenure, just kind of being able to see how the program progressed. But you, you go forward now to this season, and we talked about it going into the year. This was going to be one of those years where – you looked at the roster, you looked at the talent coming back, the talent coming in, and had a chance to be uh, a special season for this LSU group, and we'll dive more into that. But let's start with the game uh, that took place on Tuesday night there uh, at uh, the PMAC. LSU beats Memphis 85-76. Uh, I-, I thought going into the game it would be sort of the way it was, the way it played out. I mean, I, I didn't really think people – 
maybe we're giving Memphis the credit they deserve. We know what Penny Hardaway's doing there, and we know you know the talent they're going to keep bringing in. But I still look to this roster and said that's a pretty good team on the other side. Uh, but LSU pulls off the nine-point win. What were some of the biggest things just kind of stood out for you, other than Skylar Mays, who may or may not still be flying somewhere uh, after he just pretty much <laughs> uh, had the dunk uh, of the night? There's no doubt. Yeah, well, first, uh, a tip of the hat to Memphis. I, I thought they were really good. I thought their guards were, were as good as, as any that LSU have played this year. Uh, Tyler Harris obviously went off and, and, and had the big game and, and shot the ball well. But, you know, Lomax is is, uh, is a really good player, too. And and, uh, and, and the left-handed kid, number three, I, I can't remember his name, but he was there last year and, and gave, gave LSU some issues last year, and then he was tough again last night. So, that's a team with a really good perimeter and, and they play so hard and, and they're so aggressive with their defense. It, it gave LSU some problems. It, it made, it made LSU uncomfortable and it, it made the Tigers work for every, every basket they got. But, you know, I thought, I thought it was a good test for LSU. I thought it was, you know, th- this team is three, and Um they've beaten really, I think two good teams in, in UNC Greensboro and Memphis, both at home. Um, but they haven't really, hit on all cylinders yet and now that they're playing poorly um they're, they're playing fine they're playing hard but you can tell there's still some some wrinkles to iron out and, and i think that's an encouraging thing for lsu i think you know the fact that that they're not playing their best but they're still winning pretty comfortably um indicates just how high their their ceiling is you I mean you touched on skyler mays he had the the big game against Memphis with 19 points, and uh, I think he had 15 of those in the first half or 14 of those in the first half, and, and kind of started slow um, as he has started this season. But he threw down that dunk that you referenced, which was, I think, number three on SportsCenter's top ten, and uh, it surprised a lot of people who haven't seen Skyler a ton. He, he's got that in his locker. I mean, he's got that, that athleticism uh, under his, his belt, and he can really get up and, and, and throw it down as he showed. Um, but from there, he didn't miss a shot the rest of the way. And it was kind of emblematic of what L- LSU's done so far this year. They're so balanced offensively. They've got six or seven guys that can go into double figures on any given night. And so I don't know that they're going to have a guy that averages 20, 22 points a game. But I think they're going to have five or six guys that are right around 10 to 15 or 10 to 16 points a game. And, and that takes time to iron out. It takes time to figure out you know where the basketball needs to go and where to attack on offense, but that's also a nightmare for defenses to guard because you can't key in on one person. Memphis keyed in on Tremont Waters, and Tremont Waters just got everybody else involved, and he finished with eight assists and uh, and got everybody else in a double figure. So they're, um, LSU's looking good. Um, they're looking like they have plenty of room to improve, and, uh, and that's a good sign because if they start playing better, uh, I, I think they're going to really start running up the score on some pretty good teams and, and, and be in for a special season. Well, and you said it. That's the biggest thing that stood out for me. And people, you know, reading the website, I wrote about it today, actually, and talking about uh, that balance and just being able to see these games where you have five, six players maybe in double-figure scoring, and one of them is not Tremont Waters. And it's like, we look back last year, if we just said, you know, would LSU be 3-0 and right now with him scoring eight points against Memphis, with him scoring nine against Southeastern Louisiana, I mean, no matter the opponent, it just felt like, you know, that was kind of the way it was. We knew everything was going to run through him, and it still does. But now he's got so many of these weapons around him and so many guys that can score in different ways. Uh, it's just been pretty incredible to watch. And like we said, I think people are going to look at the box score and say, well, you know, Tremont Waters must be struggling. He's only scoring eight points. He only scored nine points. But it's like, 
I think once you really understand the value of him and being able to have that season he had last year and now getting all these other guys around him, I just think it's sort of the perfect fit for him having all these other guys now. Yeah, he, uh, you know, last night wasn't the best box score game from him, and he, and he did struggle in the first half, and he struggled with his shot. But the last 10 minutes of the game, I mean, he, he controlled the game. Like, he was the composer, and he was conducting a symphony. I don't know how many of his assists came in those last 10 minutes, but really everything LSU wanted to do, they did through Tremont Waters. And it was good to see because they did kind of hit a funk there where Memphis kind of fought back and, and cut a 10 or 11-point lead to two or three. And then Tremont just kind of went to work and started, you know, picking apart that defense, driving in, kicking out, throwing up floaters and and, uh, and lob passes to his bigs. And, and so, you know, he's kind of emblematic to me of, of the ceiling of this team because we haven't seen the best of him yet. He got pretty close against UNC Greensboro. He had 21 points, 10 assists, uh, but he also had five turnovers, and, and he wasn't super, super efficient from the field. Um, we know what he's capable of. We saw it last year when he had less talent around him. He had some monster, monster games. Um, he's capable of that now because he's gotten better, but the talent around him has gotten better too. And so he, you know, when he really starts playing to the level that he's capable of, uh, a rising tide lifts all ships, he, he's going to make this entire team that much better. And so the fact that they are three, and zero with two nice wins, um, with with better competition coming, but with two nice wins under their belt, just kind of shows you that if he really does kick it into high gear, um, this team's going to be a, a real offensive force. And, and that said, like I said, that they haven't been clicking. I think I checked today; they're fifteenth in the nation in, in offensive efficiency, yeah. according to Ken Palm. And, and they're not shooting the three very well right now. Um, they're they're you know there there's some things that they can really clean up offensively, but. They are shooting. They're making everything inside the paint. I mean, they, I think they've been over 50% in all three games. So um, when that three ball starts falling and maybe when they cut down on some turnovers and Tremont water starts clicking, then you could see that, that number improve even more. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, one of the biggest things that stood out quite literally is, you know, Nas Reed and what he's been able to do so far. Um, he's just been phenomenal. I mean, you know, you can look at the box score. People could just look at it and say, wow, this guy must be playing pretty well. But I think once you actually watch him play and see someone at 6'10 and 250 pounds or whatever he is that can do the things he can do, he can, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable because he just has that size and being able to see the floor the way he can see the floor. He's a good passer. You don't see many players like this, and I know maybe we always say that, but I think that's why you look at a player like this expecting him to be one of those, you know, higher picks in the NBA draft here in the future because you just look at his skill set, what he's been able to do so far. Uh, I think we knew he was going to be really good coming into the season, but, man, he, he has been a lot of fun to watch through three games. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he leads LSU in three-pointers so far with six. Um, he's six of 14, so he's over 40%. Uh, he can really, really shoot the basketball. He can put it on the floor. He can post up. He, he likes, I mean, I, I posted a clip of him the other day on Twitter doing a Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki one-foot fadeaway that he absolutely drilled. I mean, he's got every every skill in the game he, he's got. So um, he, he really is a jack-of-all-trades, and he has mastered a few. Um, he's got a few more to master, too, and you know, that'll be part of his process as, as he develops as a player, but he's special. I mean, even last night against Memphis when he was in foul trouble, he had an ankle issue that kind of slowed him down. I think he only played 20 minutes. 
Um, he, he scored 11 points, which, you know, he's going to have bigger games than that. But, you know, four of them came off of 18-foot step backs off the dribble that had a, a hand in his face, and he's handling the ball like a point guard to create space. One was a big three in the second half that, that kind of took the air out of a Memphis run. Um, one was a, a circus shot in the second half that if you haven't seen the shot, see if you can find it somewhere online because it was – I mean, it was like a Tremont Waters yeah. type of shot. He had his back to the rim, flipped it over his shoulder, and, and nailed it. I mean, he's got every skill in the book. So, And the biggest thing that I like about Naz is the effort he's playing with and the selflessness as a teammate that he's playing with. He's busting his butt against UNC, against UNC Greensboro. Late LSU was up six in the last minute. Uh, Greensboro had the ball. Uh, ball went loose on the floor, and he was the first one to die for it, picked it up, got it to Tremont Waters, game over. And then against Memphis, he, he wasn't having his best game. He's in foul trouble, but he's up on the bench. He's coaching up his teammates. He, he's celebrating, you know, Skyler Mays' dunk. He's celebrating Emmett Williams getting a couple dunks. He, he really is selfless. And we've been through this before. Like, Ben Simmons was just here a couple seasons ago, and, and Ben Ben was good. He, he was a great player. He's the number one pick in the draft. You know, and he's obviously doing incredible things. But he wasn't diving on the floor for loose balls. Uh, he, he would cheer on his teammates, but he wasn't quite as engaged with them, with the entire team, as Naz appears to be. Um, we'll see what Naz does when he hits adversity, but the, the signs I'm seeing so far are very positive, and I think when adversity does come, which it will, it always does in college basketball, um, he's just got this, this way about him that makes me think he's going to be you know, locked in step with his teammates every, every step. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, we we talk about that entire freshman class, really. You know, we see what Emmett Williams can do. We've seen Javante Smart, uh, consistent, Darius, you know, days, all these different guys. And I think that's what gives LSU that balance that, that we mentioned a while back. It's just like, you know, they have so many different guys they feel like they can go to in any of these situations because they can all do certain things really, really well. And I think they complement each other very well. And you got to give Will Wade a lot of credit for putting together a class like that because a lot of people just look at it and say, well, you know, you just put together five stars and they're all going to click. But I think that's what makes this group to me the, as good as they are. They seem to kind of just complement each other so well from a skill set standpoint and I think those are the things that we look at and say, well, what's going to be what helps LSU kind of go far? What's going to help them compete, you know, in the SEC, have a chance to be at one of the top teams in the league this year? It just seems like all of these young guys seem to kind of really play well off each other early on. And maybe we don't always see that. You know, it takes time to build that chemistry and all that. We say we see that with a lot of young teams around the country, but like you said, they haven't even fully clicked yet, but we can kind of already see uh, those pieces really starting to come together with this young group. Yeah, well, I mean, take take Emmett Williams and Naz Reed, for example, two five-star guys, um, but two guys whose games perfectly pair with each other. Naz is super skilled. He's you know he can play out on the perimeter. He can play down low. Um, he, he can protect the rim, but he is more of a, a casual player. He isn't a high-speed, high-motor guy. He, his motor is, is improved from, from what I can tell when coming out of high school. Some of the scouts said he didn't have a motor. He's got a motor, but Emmett Williams has a motor on a different level. And Emmett's a little bit undersized at 6'6", but he, he's got long arms. He's freakishly athletic, and he plays so hard. I've never seen a kid with a motor like this that, that just – I mean, you can go in there on a, on a Wednesday afternoon and, and watch a practice, and he's playing like it's the Final Four. I mean, he, he's, he's shouting, he's taking charges, he's diving on the floor for loose balls, he's trying to block every shot in the gym. 
Um, he's like a perfect pair to Naz Reed, who is a little bit more casual, who is um, a less explosive but a more polished player. And then you've got Emmett Williams, who's just combustible. I mean, he's like rocket fuel. He's he's uh, he, he's such a great fit for Naz. And then you know, look at like Javante Smart, who, who is um, a great pair to Tremont Waters. He's um, Tremont is is quick and a jitterbug, and, and you know uh, can 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 create a shot at any time. Um, using his quickness and his step back. Well, Javante's big. He's six four, six five. He's got long arms. He can absorb contact at the rim. He he can knock down the open three. Um, it's just a lot of guys who fit really well together. It seems like every skill that you need on a good team is accounted for. And now it's just up to Will Wade to to figure out how to piece them together perfectly. And you know, Cody, there's another guy I thought that you know we, we didn't really know exactly what his role was going to be coming into the season, and maybe we still don't know you know the exact role that he'll play maybe two or three months from now. But Cavell Bibby Williams last night scores 14 points. I mean, he you know, goes seven to seven from the field, grabs several rebounds. Uh, you know, he played 17 minutes, something like that. How do you kind of envision his role being on a team like this? Because he's an older guy. We've talked about all the freshmen. Um, I mean, he's got to be an important piece of the puzzle. I guess I'm just curious how you kind of see his role expanding as the year progresses there. Yeah, you know, right now the way that, that Wade is rotating the bigs, he's, he's doing them in platoons. So you've got Williams and Reed playing together as kind of a 4-5 combo. Uh, and then you have Darius Days and Cavell Bigby Williams playing together as, as a 4-5 combo. And, you know, Days and, and Bigby Williams were particularly important last night in the first half when Naz was in foul trouble, wasn't playing his best. Emmett hadn't quite gotten into the flow of the game yet. Those two guys came in, and I think they both had seven points and four rebounds in the first half. Uh, and, and as you said, Cavell was perfect on the night. I think specifically with Cavell's fit, one, he's going to be a rim protector for him. He's probably going to be their best shot blocker. Um, and so there's going to be games where, you know, in the SEC, when you've got – right now it's almost a, a better fit to play those other guys and go a little bit smaller because – the teams that LSU is playing don't really have 6'10", 6'11", 7-foot big guys. A lot of 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, guys that want to play out on the perimeter and pick and pop. And so Naz and Emmett are, are a better fit for that. But when you get to the SEC and you, know, you start going up against the Daniel Gaffords and um, you know, the, the bigs who are legit 6'10", to 7-footers uh, can run the floor Richards at Kentucky. I mean, when you start running into these guys, you need a Cavell Bigby Williams who's 6'10", 6'11", can run up and down the floor with them, can, can block shots, can defend on the post a little bit. And so I think that's going to be his role. I think, you know, for now, LSU's at about a nine-man rotation. And if you take up, you know, the, the, there's 40 minutes to go for five players, so you've got 200 minutes per game. Well, if you're playing nine guys, that's more than 20 minutes a game for every guy. Um, and if you're playing four bigs, there's plenty of minutes to divide up among those guys. You know, ostensibly, all four of them could get 20 minutes each, and, and you've got your, your big minutes there. So um, it'll fluctuate a little bit. I don't know that Cavell will ever be a 30-minute-a-game guy, and I don't think he'll be a double-double night-in-night-out guy. But there's going to be games where they need him to get three or four blocks. There's going to be games where they need him to get 14 to 16 points on, on six or seven dunks and a couple free throws. Uh, and he's perfectly suited for that. And so it's, it's going to be really matchup intensive for LSU inside. Cavell just gives them – a certain skill set that no other big on LSU's roster gives them. 
Yeah, and Cody, just to wrap up, I mean, you and like I said, you and I, everybody knows, probably who's listened to our podcast before. No, we could probably talk for a couple hours, but you're a busy man, and I'm not going to keep you that long. But um, <laughs> y- you know, lo- looking at just this team, and we always talk about the intangibles because you know you look around and we know who the talented teams are around the country. We know the teams that just have pure talent from top to bottom, but it does take some of those intangibles. When you look at just the way this team has played so far, you're there. You're able to be around these guys, you know, on the court, off the court. You're around this program a lot. What do you feel like are maybe the biggest intangibles, the things maybe that that don't meet the eye necessarily to maybe the casual viewer that's going to help this LSU team really be, as we said, one of the better teams in the SEC this year and how they continue to progress moving forward, maybe be a very dangerous team once we get to March? The, the biggest thing I think is, is one, they're coachable. Um, I haven't seen issues with disrespect for, for the coaching staff. You know, part of that is that Will Wade and his staff command respect, and, and that's important at the college level. It's critical. It's vital. If you don't have it, you're not going to succeed. But the other part is that those guys are, are receptive to that. They have a lot of respect for that coaching staff. They give respect. They listen. The other part is, is just <clears> – <throat> People say this about teams all the time, but I've seen it up close and personal. There is a sense of, of unity with this team. You know, part of it is, is the death of Wade Sims this offseason brought them all right. closer together in, in a way that I don't think uh, anyone can understand, not even me, and, I, and I'm fairly close to the program. Um, the, the bond that that helped form with those guys, it was a tragedy. Uh, it was awful. If we could undo it, we obviously would. The one little or one of the little rays of, of hope coming out of it is that their love for Wade has sort of bonded them together. Um, and so they have that, that sense of unity. I don't think anything can divide them. I don't think a couple of losses could divide them. I think they're brothers for life, and they've bonded through this. Um, the other part is, is that they, they have this good nature about them to where they, they compete with each other and they challenge each other, but they do it in a way that doesn't violate their respect for each other. Like if, 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 you know, for, there was a great example last night where uh, Emmett Williams and Darius days were the two bigs on the floor and Darius didn't sprint back enough. And so Emmett almost had to catch up and sprint past Darius to, to sprint the floor for him and uh, going back on defense. And I think Emmett may have disrupted the, the pass or I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but after the play, Emmett was furious with Darius and just screamed at him and Darius screamed back at him. And it looked like this moment of, of combustibility, like these two guys are about to go at it, and this is not good for team chemistry. It looked like Kevin Durant and, and Draymond. Yeah. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, they, got, they get done yelling, and then Emmett just gives Darius a hug, and then Darius just gives Emmett a hug. And you're like, oh, these guys, they went from furious at each other in one <laughs> moment to, all right, I got your back now. So that was just a microcosm of, of something that I think this team has that, you know, I can't speak for other teams in the country, but I can speak to past LSU teams. Every basketball team is close, but not every basketball team is close enough to where they can feel comfortable challenging each other and holding each other accountable um, and and being competitive while still maintaining that bond. And I think that's a difficult balance to strike, but so far this, this team seems to have it. Yeah, they do, and that's what I think is going to make them very entertaining to watch here as we move throughout the season. But, Cody, like I said, I know, man, you, you've got a lot going on. You're covering a lot of different sports now. We always appreciate the time. I know, like you, uh, I'm really going to enjoy kind of watching this team progress, and I know we'll get a chance to catch up with you again here in the near future. 
Yeah, if you don't mind, Blake, just really quick, I'd like to plug the uh, the podcast oh, that I'm yes. working on. Right. Since, uh, since, uh, yeah, we're, so I've started this uh, podcast at LSU called Boot Up, the LSU basketball podcast. And um, So I know your listeners are, are loyal basketball fans, and, and we'll be doing the same stuff over there, strictly LSU basketball talk. And uh, it's it's been fun so far. We've got some different things coming up. So I uh, should have an episode in the next day or two, hopefully, um, before this game against Louisiana Tech on Friday. And, uh, and looking back at some things. And then I did, I did something different with Naz Reed. I, I wrote a feature on him, and then instead of publishing it on the website, I said, hey, let's turn this into an audio feature. So um, I, I kind of added some production value to that, and, and it's about an eight-minute-long little feature that I'll have up as well. So uh, if, if your listeners are looking for something else to listen to when they get done with your podcast, uh, tell them to come on over to Boot Up and check us out. Absolutely. I've already listened to the first couple episodes, and I had that in my notes to mention in my intro that I do – but it is a great podcast, and like you said, you're doing some different things, and I always enjoy that. But you're someone, Cody, like me, you've, you've been an SEC basketball guy. You've enjoyed it. We've watched this league grow. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this year, no doubt. Thanks for coming on with me again, man. Yeah, always a pleasure, Blake. Thanks for having me. All right, that was the conversation with LSU digital media reporter Cody Worsham. Uh, great to catch up with him. Great knowledge as always. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, you know, if you're an LSU basketball fan, uh, you know how much you know Cody loves what he does and his storytelling ability, not only in written form, but like he mentioned on his podcast as well, uh, he just does a tremendous job. And uh, he's someone that certainly helps raise the profile of not only LSU basketball, but SEC basketball as well. Uh, we always enjoy having him on. As he mentioned, be sure, uh, if you want another podcast to add to your rotation, go over uh, to whatever podcast app you use and search for Boot Up. Uh, they do a great job over there, and uh, it's just it's just very entertaining listen. So if you're someone who wants more knowledge, uh, go listen to Cody's podcast as well. But uh, the Tigers will get back on the court on Friday. They'll take on Louisiana Tech. Uh, and, you know, that could be an interesting matchup. We've already seen Louisiana Tech uh, get a win there over Wichita State uh, this season. They're off to a 3-0 start as well, Uh, and so that will be uh, a good game, and then uh, LSU will prepare to head to the Advocare Invitational, and that's always a a very intriguing tournament, so we will see how things unfold there uh, once they get into that next week. So, Thanks again to uh, LSU Digital Media reporter Cody Worsham for joining us here on the podcast, and thank you as always for listening. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, just go over to iTunes, search for Southeast Hoops. That way you don't miss any of these interviews that we have with coaches and analysts throughout the league. If you want the written stuff, you guys know where to find it. It's at southeasthoops.com. All of our game previews, uh, all of my notebook pieces that go up day after games, uh, with the picks, the predictions, those things that, that you guys have seemed to enjoy over the past couple of years, uh, you can head over to the website to find all that, as it is a very fun time. We have these non-conference tournaments getting underway. We have day basketball, uh, which people like myself love. You have games going on during the day. Uh, it's just a, a very fun time of year as teams uh, start to kind of tweak some things early on to get ready for the road to SEC play here uh, in a couple months now. So uh, thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.